Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Thank you all for staying. You may be seated. Today's episode credit, we'll be going over the archetypes and two example builds for the Hunter class. Aw, yeah. Like we said, the Hunter is a mix of the Ranger and the Druid, and there's even an archetype that makes them even more like Druid. So if you really want to play a Druid, but you don't want to play a Druid, let's go over the archetypes. First one, right up to bat, is a Divine Hunter, and you know what? He has the coolest art in this entire book. You think? Don't you want to be him? Look, first off... I don't know. He's got weird tiger paw things. Before we get to the tiger paw things, okay, first off, I want you to see he has a white tiger. Okay, you can cut out the dude, and the white tiger's pretty cool. Okay, but but that's just step one. Step two, we are fair here. We have the exposed armor, the male version of usually like the female RPG armor. It's just a line that goes down from his chest straight down. And like that's it. I don't like, want. Have, I don't, you, have you ever seen those ripped up booty shorts that are like you know shredded? And you can see their skin. It's that, but his whole body. Oh wait, no, no, it's um, it's like fishnet. Yeah, it's it's, it's except it's even less coverage. Old than version a fishnet. of fishnet. Like I don't want him to turn around. Like I don't. <laughs> right. But then he's got like I've got antlers. Okay, super awesome. I've got tiger paws. Okay, super awesome. I don't know my feet. Yeah, he's really like, teasing us with that loincloth there. He is. <laughs> it's got like that big skull there. And it's like what's behind there? I bet it's something. But anyway, he looks awesome. I wish I looked like him without any of the effort to look like him. <laughs> but let's go on. Then you'd have weird, poorly drawn feet armor stuff. <laughs> I love poorly drawn feet armor. <laughs> so the Divine Hunter is a cleric-flavored uh, archetype for Hunter. So right off the bat, step one, before, like before you even take levels in the class, you got to have a deity. And you have to be within one step of their alignment, just like a cleric. Cthulhu, done. Got it, yeah. Um, you know you Brett. can't have Cthulhu as a deity, but you can have all the great old ones as a pantheon? Oh, I, th- I think you pick like the Yellow King and stuff. I could have swore you could pick Cthulhu. I, maybe my Hero Lab hasn't well, been Well, as a DM, for... I'm going to let you pick Yay! Cthulhu. You're going to have to roll for insanity every few minutes. <laughs> I, I accept. So, and also, when you get the first level in the class, instead of getting Knowledge Dungeoneering as a class skill, you get Knowledge Religion as a class skill, which is pretty obvious. So, otherwise, you don't really get anything to level 3. And at level 3, you get a cleric domain. You pick one domain of your deity, and you operate like a cleric of your level minus 2 when you use that domain. If you happen to pick the animal domain, instead of getting a second animal companion, your animal companion just gets a small buff to it. You also get domain spells. You don't just get the domain abilities, you also get domain spells. So you basically get additional spells per day. Cool. This replaces teamwork feats. So your bonus teamwork feats go away. Well, that's pr- that's a big thing to sacrifice. But you know, a lot of a lot of domains can be pretty strong, and you are getting additional spell a day. So I th- I think that's a fair trade. Okay. Also at level three, your animal companion either gets the celestial or fiendish template, depending on your deity, and this replaces hunter tactics, which is you know more teamwork feat stuff. You don't share your teamwork feats even if you get them with your animal companion. You'll have to help me out here. How good are those templates? Fiendish and Celestial, I believe they give them, like, DR against oh, cool. Evil and Good, respectively. So they're pretty strong. I think, like, it's a level adjustment of one. So they're pretty good. And never underestimate, like, DR that's like, versus Evil. It's like, oh, if we're going to spend the next three sessions going through a underground crypt, DR versus Evil is, like, the best thing ever. Because all the undead are evil. 
Well, no, DR slash evil, meaning only evil overcomes it, which means you need either oh, an unholy weapon or the creature has to have the subtype of evil, which undead don't have. It's not like you, if you just are oh. evil, you overcome it. It's you literally have to have an evil quality weapon. Right. So this, it's a very simple archetype. It's one I really like. Uh, if you want to be a more cleric-flavored, deity-flavored hunter, no reason not to take this. But you do lose a lot of your ability to operate with your animal companion in neat ways with your teamwork feats. The next archetype for the hunter is the feral hunter, and this is the one I was talking about that's druid-flavored. You don't get an animal companion, step one. I'm sorry, what? I thought I was called the hunter. Well, not anymore. Now you're ba- you're basically the druid, but you also don't have an animal companion, so you're even less of a druid. But let's get into it. Level I, one. I better turn into a dragon. Kind of. You turn into your animals in a sense. So level one, like, know how you your animal companion always had animal focus on it, regardless of the duration? Right. That, and since you don't have an animal companion, that, that now applies to you permanently. You always have one of the animal focuses in effect, and you can switch them around freely. Cool. So this is to replace where you were just going to kill your animal companion and get... Yeah, if you yeah. were going to kill your animal companion anyway, go ahead and take this. It kills <laughs> it for you. <laughs> they saw that coming a mile away. Uh, this replaces the animal focus ability, uh, hunter tactics, and speak with master class abilities. So all the stuff where you interact, animal focus, which it is... And all the stuff that interacts with your animal companion, you lose, obviously, because you don't have one. At level 2, you still get those bonus teamwork feats, uh, except the precise companion one. But instead of working with the animal companion, any animal you summon via Summon Nature's ally is treated as having whatever feat you choose. Cool. At level 4, you do not get bonus tricks. Oh, no, what am I going to do without my bonus tricks? <laughs> this, this, this one's impossible to it's use. It's so weak. I could never make something without the bonus tricks. We they're, can't do this. It's integral to the class. and you know, Next I, archetype. I was carrying my team. They were depending on me and my animal companion with the tricks. And when I dropped them, they were like, dude, we need you. <laughs> we need that. But If he but, can't fetch, <laughs> how am, I'm going to have to walk over to pick up my shoes. I can't do I can't. So you not only lose bonus tricks, which, you know, that's bad enough. You also lose improved empathetic link, greater empathic link, and master of the wild and raise animal companion class abilities. But, you know, those are all things you would get with an animal companion and use on them, so it's obvious you wouldn't get them. Instead, at level four, you can wild shape like a druid now. Just straight up like a druid, you get wild shape. It's not like at minus two levels. It's nope, it's just, like just wild shape. Cool. So, so far... You're basically a druid without an animal companion, but you're stronger shapeshift-wise because you always have the animal focus buff, and you know now you're basically going to be wild-shaping all the time. At level 6, whenever you summon multiple uh, creatures with Summon Nature's ally, you summon one additional animal as long as you're summoning whatever your current animal focus is. So if you have animal focus on at the moment that's bull, and you summon 1d3 bulls, you get 1d3 plus 1 bulls instead. Which is okay. That's pretty good. And this replaces all of your teamwork feats. This archetype just really begs the question, why don't I just play Druid? This is basically Druid with less spell casting and slightly better melee capabilities. It's if you like those aspects, I think. I guess. I don't get it. Now, summon pack. What if all I want to do is summon packs? What if all I want is to hang out with packs? What should I do? Go to the backpack store? No, go to our next archetype, Packmaster. Oh, so you the wear a fanny Packmaster? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the master of 90s fashion. You actually look exactly like that 
um, ever seen South Park or the World of Warcraft player who sits down at the, the keyboard? You look just like him. You're in the game. You look like that. You've got like nine fanny packs, though. And you just pull <laughs> well, stuff I mean, out of there for Have you seen Pies of War? It's like a Batman belt, but like <laughs> if they actually had to have a belt the size of the equipment that he actually uses. Have you seen Pies of the, the characters tend to have what I would equivalent to, you know, fanny packs fanny all packs. the time. They do. They need to carry a lot of things. But the Packmaster archetype, we're not going to get into the specifics of like, it. Like, look at this witch. She's got so many fanny packs. I'm There's, jealous. Guys, page 132. Check it out. That's a fanny pack. And I bet her name is Fanny. <laughs> she looks like a fanny. She does. She's got like the fanny. fanny kind of face. <laughs> but no, Packmaster. Tell us about this. Not going to get into the specifics because it's all mechanics dealing with it. But basically, instead of having one animal companion, you split your animal companion levels and you can have multiple animal companions. Mm -hmm. The rest of the description of the class is just how you, you know, the restrictions on that and how it actually works. We're not going to get into No, you can't have 19 bulls. (laughs) You you can. At level 19, you could. You get level 19, yeah. But uh, the big thing to pick up off of this is that your animal focus and your teamwork feats only apply to one of those at a time. One of the animals of your pack at a time. So, which makes, again, makes the question, why don't I play Druid and pick the Packmaster archetype for Druid? Because right. my class feature here isn't really helping because it only applies to one of my 15 different animals. <laughs> this one, this is, this is my special one. This, this is my favorite. So, so far, I'm not a big fan of the Hunter archetype except the first one. But the next one also has cool art. The Primal Companion Hunter and this guy looks awesome. He's an orc with a skull on a belt. And <laughs> it's like a flute or something. I don't know what this is. But the real cool thing is the snake that has another snake growing out of it. That looks cooler and more awesome. Because that snake is technically an Edelon. The, <gasps> the primal companion archetype is you basically lose the regular animal focus buffs. And instead you can apply evolutions via the summoner to your animal companion. This is one that I think could be pretty strong. It could be pretty cheesy because there's a lot of really strong evolutions. Right. So mechanically at level one, instead of animal focus, your companion gets a pool of evolution points. And your companion can take uh, Edelon evolutions with them. Now, once they pick them, they have to be activated as a swift action with uses of your kind of like your animal focus. You only do it so many times per day. Now, super-duper cheese alert, just like if your animal companion dies and you get their animal focuses, if this animal companion dies, you get their evolutions. We need to have a soundbite that is super-duper cheese alert. I love that. <laughs> super-duper cheese alert. This is something because like, at level 20, their major thing is that they get the evolutions. Now you're, you're telling me I could just get it just by killing my companion. Yeah, small price to pay, the blood on your hands, and, you know, a lifetime of guilt. <laughs> Honestly, the snake's a little creepy looking anyway, so I don't want to look him anyway. So, like, there's some really strong evolutions you can get, and you just apply them to yourself for free, so that's super cheesy. At uh, level 8, you get the ability called Primal Surge, and this replaces when you get your second animal focus. You don't get a second animal focus, you get Primal Surge instead. Once per day, you can basically cast, you know, Evolution Surge on your animal companion they get a four-point evolution of your choice. At level 20, instead of activating your primal aspect as a swift action, which is basically your version of animal focus, it is now a free action. And when you use primal surge to apply a four-point evolution of your choice, you can then choose two four-point evolutions of your choice and apply them to your animal companion. 
Nice. Which is really strong. Like I said, evolutions can potentially be very powerful. And there's a big, long list of them to pick from, but you could probably find some strong ones and apply them to your animal companion. This is... There's a lot of work to put into for this archetype because you have to look through all the evolutions and you have to keep track of your animal companion who is also technically an Edelon now. But it's a pretty strong one if you well, want to do clear, it. let's be clear. When he dies, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't like Edelon, who cares if he dies, he comes back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he heals like normally. Still a regular animal, but you have to keep track of the evolution points. Last is the verminous hunter. Is this the one where I can have my pack of rats carry my my throne, my pack of mice? Do rats count as vermin? I think they do. Well, no, that would be packmaster. Maybe you take packmaster and verminous hunter. There you go. Verminous pack hunt master of death and doom. Yes. Da da da. At level one, you get an animal companion like normal, but it has to be of the vermin subtype. You have to pick one of the vermin type animal. Okay, I pick Christian next. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I do like cheese a lot. <laughs> I like how you just accepted that. There wasn't like you didn't stoop down to my level. You didn't just lay back. You're like, okay, you're stupid. Let's move on. <laughs> um, you replace wild empathy with vermin empathy. You use wild empathy on vermin, which is interesting because vermin are te- typically mindless. So the ability to affect them with diplomacy is pretty neat. I don't know how often you speak with bugs and such, but, you know, if you ever get the chance to, now you can try. But, you know, they can get into some all spaces. They're the good people to talk to. Yeah. They've seen things. They know what's going on. Yeah, I've seen all the early birds out there. They get there early like I'm going to be sitting there, like I'm like a worm. Oh, look at me. <laughs> I know their game. <laughs> you pick a worm, you just cut them in half. Now you got two. Hey, well, that's a... A um, what's that word? A common misconception. When you chop a worm half, you just chop a worm in half. It doesn't have now two different worms. Though? No. Nope. Well, can it survive though? Because it's got segmented brains throughout its body. I just know that's a common misconception. Okay. Look it up. Do the research. Let us know. No. <laughs> All right. So level one, <laughs> instead of vermin focus, you get vermin focus instead of animal focus. Yes, in, in place of animal focus, you get vermin focus. This acts just like animal focus, but the verminous hunter has his own list of vermin focuses to pick from instead of animal focus. And there's a lot more, too. I don't think there's... I think there's the same number. There's just... They, a lot of them just have different effects. I think there's more. I don't know you want to count? I'm not going to count. I'm going to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15. Oh, okay. There's three more, and some of them are really gross. Yeah, they're all ant, they're all bug flavored. So you got ant, beetle, centipede, cockroach, so on and so forth. And they have different. There's some parallels between the animal focus and the vermin focuses, but there's a lot of different ones. For instance, you know the plus two enhancement bonus to strength, like the bull had, that's carried over to the ant focus now. Well, there's a lot of different ones. Like, the beetle gives you a plus two enhancement bonus to natural armor. The flea gives you a plus four confidence bonus and saves against disease and acrobatics checks to jump. That's a weird one. Yeah, there's some weird ones here. I want a leech companion. Why not? (laughs) Easy to store. You get a plus two confidence bonus on grapple maneuver checks, and you deal one point of bleed damage whenever you grapple somebody. It's like, you just, it's just one point of bleed damage is like nothing, guys, but it's like you're tackling a guy, you peel the leech off yourself, and you... Put it on the other guy. Like, that That would hurt me more than the damage. <laughs> just the mental. Ew, 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 no, 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 not the face. 
Scorpion, you get a plus two confidence bonus on stealth and grapple maneuver checks. Like, there's some really weird and niche combinations. You just have to look through them all uh, and see which ones suit you. But The super- spider's great because of how super niche it is. Plus two combat bonus on stealth checks, cool. Saving throws against web effects <laughs> and, ch- and checks to break free of webs. Well, at least you know when you're going to be using that one. <laughs> so you go to a spider's den and you pull out your little spider. All right, buddy. All right, buddy, me and you. Me and you, we got this. So Pathfinder says you're wrong with, in regards to the worm. Super duper cheese alert number two. The worm. <laughs> weep, weep, weep. Super duper cheese alert. Alert, alert, alert. The worm animal focus, the creature gains fast healing one and a 25% chance to ignore critical hit or sneak attacks against them. So, you know, level one and verminous hunter, murder your worm, <laughs> which apparently regens itself, Caleb. <laughs> I trust Paizo over science. <laughs> uh, kill your worm. Permanently have fast healing one and light fortification. Can you, like, how big are these things? Are these, like, they get big? I don't know what size it's listed as. Because I don't know what to do with a little worm. Like, it's got to be, like, a dire worm or something, right? Well, yeah, it's probably going to be, like, at least a small size creature. All right, cool. At level five, the verminous hunter gets swarm stride instead of woodland stride. Basically, you can, I really don't like this. You can safely pass through swarms of vermin, swarms with the vermin subtype, and you don't take any swarm damage when vermin swarms are in your space. And you're immune to the swarm's distracting ability. Now, the problem is that there's two big problems with this. It doesn't apply if you damage them, so if you make any hostile action against a swarm, you no longer get these benefits. And B, this only applies to you. It does not apply to your teammates. So... You're walking through, you know, swarms of wasps, like, come on, guys, it's cool, we're fine. And your teammates are screaming behind you, like, oh, my God, there's wasps everywhere! What are you doing? My eyes! Not the eyes! They're in my eyes! They're in my eyes! Ah! Ah! This is like you're in the Temple of Doom, right? From Indiana Jones from Temple of Doom. Self-named title. And you go through, like, all those weird bugs, and you're like, psh, whatever, I'm cool. I'll see you guys on the side of this trap. (laughs) Yeah, your DM would have to work really hard to make this work, I feel. Yeah, like, he'd have to put really specific scenarios where you can walk through a swarm and do something good for your teammates without your teammates having to interact with them. For almost two years now, I've been running campaigns. I can't think of a single time I've had a verminous swarm. Just hasn't been a thing I put in the game. There was a lot in... There's still a lot in my desert theme campaign. Oh, cicadas okay. yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. Oh, cicadas... You'd just be like, all of you are just really irritated at hearing a noise all night long. <laughs> You're all fatigued when you wake up because you couldn't sleep over the... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I used to live in Maryland. Cicadas. Oh my gosh. So that, that's all the archetypes that came with the uh, advanced class guide for the hunter. There's not a lot there. Alright, well, why don't we go over our builds? Who's first? I'm first. Fine. So I made a hunter and he has a companion. It's cool. No. Alright, so I made a hunter and he is totally half-elf because... I mean, like, how come hunters and druids and rangers always got to be elves for some reason? They got that. They got that nature theme to them. They yeah. do. They do. Um, but my guy, I gave him high strength and high dex, um, and then the next ones are wisdom and int are my points, and then no negatives because I hate negatives. Have you guys noticed that? Let's talk about. Let's just talk about my my, my companion. I picked. Is a crawling vine. Now, a crawling vine, A, is super awesome because I have a vine as a pet. Hey, oh, no, no archetypes required. This vine is my pet. And his big thing is that he can 
uh, grapple. Uh, I'm sorry, grab is actually the technical term, which means when you do my first attack, or I uh, sorry, my first attack, my attack. Once I successfully hit with attack, I do damage and then automatically get to roll for a grab. And if I grab, I'm grappled with the person. And then he has constrict, which means each turn automatically I do damage to him. So that's cool. And then as me, as the hunter, I focused on some melee things. I got some archetypes, uh, not some archetypes, some teamwork feats and stuff that made me go with melee. And I I can go over to the guy who's incapacitated by my crawling vine and slice, 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 slice. The whole idea for me is like I'm in a battle. You know, we got a bunch of guys. I say to my teammates, who, do you, who would you wish... Just didn't happen to be in the battle today. <laughs> uh, that wizard over that wizard over there who keeps summoning hellhounds. All right, B R B T T Y L A F K L M A O. I go over crawling Your vine. Team made it all grown. Like, oh god, he's talking like that again. <laughs> Did he just get a smartphone? My god. <laughs> like, and everything I talk about, it's not even like not even like um, you'd say you know for the, uh, for the win. It's all Fatua. I just pronounce each letter, right? <laughs> not even F2W. Not even for the wins. Fatua. Berber. Is he talking to that vine again? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so I go over. The vine grabs him. I come over. I slice him between the vine doing the constrict and me slicing. I've, I've, I've incapacitated and taken out that wizard. If he's a wizard, like he's constricted. He's grappled. It's hard for him to cast spells. If he's a ranged fighter, he's anybody, anyone who's grappled, it's very difficult for him to do anything until they get out of the grapple. I've got Precise Strike as one of my teamwork feats, which allows me to do another 1d6 points of damage with each successful melee attack, which is cool because... If you're flanking. If I'm flanking, which I will be if my guy's uh, grappling him. And I got Pack Flanking. That way, if I'm adjacent to my companion, I'm always flanking. So he's grappled somebody. I'm next to him. Now we're flanking. And I got my Precise Strike getting that extra damage in. And he gets that extra damage as well. So we're both doing that extra d6. Right. So the idea is to take somebody out as quick as we can. Right, because when he constricts, he would technically do that, I think. Yeah. Precise strike damage. So we're, we're just rocking it. He's When he's constricting, he's doing 1d6 plus 10 plus 1d6. Meanwhile, with a non-magical Nadachi, I'm doing 1d, 1d10 plus 6 plus 1d6. And then you can apply your bull strength onto you as your animal focus. Right. I picked Improved Initiative on both me and my companion because I want to be the first one to go so I can incapacitate one guy or at least get ready to before he can do much. So I think initiative is very important in this kind of build. That's my guy. I like it. My guy. It's, it's, it's a simple, clear-cut idea. Grapple someone and take him down. You're, you're like a takedown kind of person. Right. And, you know, there is a danger here of the one-trick pony, which we talk about, we'll talk about in our 200 series. It's something that you don't really want. It doesn't make for the most fun for everybody else. But so you, you there's that danger there. You do have spells, which would make you more versatile, right. you, depending on how you select your spells. Right. My GM could have somebody like, oh, he is there a trait or something that makes me impossible to grapple? I think if you're like a size category or two bigger than you or something. Nah, I don't know off the top of my head. Whatever. Your, your, your GM specifically picks something that's going to be difficult or impossible to grapple. What am I going to do now? Like, that is a danger. So when you pick specific builds like this, you do... You can hurt the team, so you got to be careful with that. So, for my build, I'm a bit of a min-maxer, so I want to do something a bit more fun this time. So I decided to make Dr. Bees! If you haven't seen the YouTube video, Dr. Bees, you're going to be confused in all the references I'm about to make, so pause the podcast, go watch it if you get the chance. Uh, Wasp-themed superhero by day, but by night he is a bee-themed vigilante. 
with you, his swarms of bees to solve all his problems. You're actually demonstrating here one of the archetypes. Yes, the Packmaster archetype. Every level, I take a level one wasp as my companion. Can and you do this and vermin? Because wasps are vermin. Yes, I could do a verminous animal companion as well. I continue. Uh, I just made him a human because Dr. Miles Manners is obviously a human. <laughs> I put the extra two ability score in strength. So I have a pretty high strength. I have good dex, good con, good wisdom. Kind of, I find Hunter's good at being, you know, well-rounded. It's <laughs> <laughs> his character sheet. B1, B2, B3. What is this? What is this, Christian? <laughs> now, like I said, your animal focus and your teamwork feats can only be on plot. You pick one of your pack animals, so I only pick one of my currently five Bs. Because you're level five. Because I am level 5, so I have one B for every level. And they get the teamwork feat. They get the animal focus. The rest of them get nothing, which I kind of... I'm disappointed at, but hey, it's free. I can't really complain. Uh, well, we can. That's our job. Yeah, okay. I hate you, Paisa. Why you do this to me? Give me money. Um, as for my spells, I pick a lot of buffing spells, and you'll see why when I look over the feats. Um, but I pick stuff like Bull Strength, Bark Skin, Magic Fang for uh, na- uh, natural attacks, Long Strider so I can move faster, uh, Resist Energy. And I also have Summon Swarm because, you know, while I have a bunch of bees, I can summon even more, more bees! <laughs> <laughs> so skills, you obviously want <laughs> Handle Animal as a skill. I have Profession Beekeeper yeah, as yeah. a highly ranked up skill. Five points into that sucker. You only have 35 points, but you chucked five <laughs> right in there. Max level, every level. For my feats, uh, pretty simple ones. I picked Improved Arm Strike because as a vigilante, I fight with my bees, but I also tend to punch people sometimes. So I have a feat called Improved Spell Sharing, which is a teamwork feat, so only one of my wasps can benefit from it, unfortunately. But whenever I cast a buff spell on myself and my animal companion is adjacent to me, I can basically split the duration between the two of us and apply it to both of us at the same time. But whenever I'm adjacent to my animal companion, I cast one of my buff spells on myself. Uh, we both, I split the duration and we both get the effect. So my bull strength applies to me and my B. My long strider applies to me and my B. My resist energy applies to me and just one of my Bs. So there's one specific wasp that you need to steer clear Yeah, of. he's like the boss bee. Yeah, he's like in Donkey Kong Country. He's that bee boss that you see twice, guys. <laughs> I have I took great fortitude as a feat, even though my fort save is already good because I'm always being stung by my own bees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bee handler, so I feel like I should have a high fort save. I don't have any weapons. I punch people with my fists. I would probably throw other weapons on there if I had the time, but... You just have fistful of bees. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And that's that's the gist of the class. He's only level 5, so he doesn't have many magic items. I love him, I love him. <laughs> I, Release I, the bees! <laughs> Summon more bees! It's cool, I like it. What's this? The BBEG is summoning undead minions to attack these poor townsfolk. Nothing that my briefcase full of bees can't handle. Oh no, they're attacking the townsfolk. That made the problem worse. <laughs> the problem has only been made worse with the addition of yet more bees. You know, our hunters will work together. I'll get my vine guy to grab it and then just bees swarm and stop, 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 stop. It's perfect. How much damage did your bees do? At level 5. Mm. Keep in mind, guys, it's level 5. Well, no, the bees are only level one each. They, are they treat the, me like I'm level one? Because I split the one level between all of them. So they're actually pretty weak. They only have 16 hit points, and they only do 1d6 damage. Yeah, but honestly, like that's if all of them hit, that's 5d6. And they could all be flanking. And they do also have a poison, I believe. It's a pretty low fort save to resist against the poison. But 
you know, they can do dex damage with their poison if they fail their save. Dex damage can be very crippling to certain characters, depending yes. on who you're fighting. Most things, actually, because it reduces their AC, which yeah. makes them easier to hit. And the dragon's like, you cannot, but what is this? Get the... <laughs> shoo, shoo. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so that's kind of funny. Uh, 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 I, like, uh, I like having a fun build and kind of a serious build. I like that. And that's the end of our episode. Imagine if we ended episodes like that. <laughs> it just ended in the outro music. Wait, so that's it? <laughs> <laughs> we actually die in between episodes. We're dead. We cease to exist. There's no object permanence here. These negative levels stacking <laughs> up. But thanks for staying after class, and class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening.